welcome to NCBI Labs. So you're very welcome to another live event and uh, we were talking as usual about the technology that really makes a, a difference to you. In fact, today we're going to be talking about a number of pieces of technology that can help in a specific area of life, namely mobility and navigation. Now, people are very aware of some of the things that can be very helpful with mobility and navigation, very aware of long canes and guide dogs, both obviously really important when it comes to making your way around. But what sort of technology has been developed over recent years that can add to that, that can supplement that? Well, we'll be talking about that a little bit later on with NCBI's very own Chantelle Smith, who's going to take us through some popular navigation apps, what they do, and a particular highlight of that part will be looking at the app Soundscape. So what does that do and where can you get, get hold of that or can you get hold of that at the moment? It'll give us a nice kind of preview of it, if you like. That's not all though, because later on today, we're going to also have our Seeing It Your Way section. Now, we've done some recorded interviews before, but we're going to keep it live today for our interview with Stuart Lawler, who many of you might already know or might have uh, spoken to at some point. So we're all looking forward to catching up with Stuart a little bit later on as well. And we have a, a somewhat reduced regular panel with us from the NCBI Labs team as well this week. So we've got Daniel Dunn joining myself, Jude Marr, on this week's live event as well. Just a reminder that if you have any comments or questions, please do send them in and we'll do our best to include them in the show. And if not in, the, in this show, then we'll make sure that somebody gets back to you with an answer or else we'll possibly cover it on next week's live event as we do a review of, of uh, this week's topics. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that by emailing labs at ncbi.ie or you can use the question panel just to the right of your screen. And if you'd like to support our services so that we can continue to provide services to those who are blind or vision impaired, you can also visit donate.ncbi.ie, donate.ncbi.ie. .ie. Or you can even sponsor one of our live events if, if you'd like to. And again, you have the opportunity to do that by emailing labs at ncbi.ie and that just helps us to keep our live events going. Now, just before we start talking about navigation apps, I just want to come back to what we were talking about a little bit last week. Some of the inbuilt accessibility features in Windows and Daniel Dunn is back with us today just to uh, outline one or two extra features that are involved because actually there's a little bit of extra news here because the most recent Windows update has made a few changes to the accessibility features. So Daniel, you were going to go through yep. just one or two of those um, updates. Yeah, so um, Microsoft have released the latest Windows update dated April 2020 and um, they have worked a little bit more on their accessibility features and included things um, such as text cursor improvements and have also included um, playback features within magnifier as well. So 
Uh, not everybody now will have been upgraded to this latest version of Windows 10, but it is on the way. And you may notice if you go into your settings and into the updates section that the update is probably ready there waiting for you to download and install. And it doesn't take very long, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour on, on most uh, laptops or PC units. And um, it'll restart in and when you come back up, it has installed. So just to maybe hone in on some of them, uh, accessibility feature improvements. They have a text cursor indicator uh, which allows you to customize um, the cursor, you know, making it even easier to see so you can pick from colors um, on the cursor and you know this hadn't this hasn't been a feature before you, you could increase the thickness before and that was as much as you could do with it but now you can actually go in and uh, put a color on it on it there for you as well um also they've made improvements to magnifier and magnifier will also uh, now follow the text cursor in the center of the display by default so picture mm. yourself you're using microsoft word you're typing up a letter and you know as you're typing the did the focus your focus had to move move across the screen but now the windows magnifier will follow that as you're typing so uh it keeps it center most for you uh which i think is a fantastic okay, improvement yeah. so it stops you from getting lost as the as you're moving across text on the screen yeah yeah so de definitely um you know lots of people will welcome that little improvement there and um, also built into magnifier um they they can have the option now to play back text um, you know to have text read aloud uh, mm. so that's a built-in feature now into magnifier so i think i suppose it's kind of bringing a little bit of a narrator in there on board and and using that um functionality bundled in with magnifier i think that'll be you know it'll be very good for people and particularly for browsing browsers such as edge and chrome and firefox are supported and you know it'll, it'll work also with your microsoft word outlook and PowerPoint. So some of the big hitters in, in popular apps are, are covered in this feature. So uh, certainly, you know, certainly one to, to try out. Um, another thing to have done with the magnifier as well, uh, it'll, it'll respond to larger text and, and also accommodates the dark mode settings. So it's, it's so users of Windows magnifier are going to find this more fluid, um, you know, a more fluid experience than before. Yeah, very good. So basically, what we were talking about last week, if if people were already kind of finding that maybe that would be enough and that they were already maybe impressed with some of the built in features, we're, we're actually talking about a few fairly sort of significant enough improvements. They are. Yeah, they are indeed. And even Narrator has had a little overhaul as well. Um, they've included now the support for uh, announcing capital words yeah. and letters. And sorry, they also sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we also, yeah, they also have um, a smarter browsing experience. So Narrator will now start uh, reading from the top of, of a web page when you land on it. So these these improvements, I, I think, will, you know, will definitely ma make it a, a good alternative maybe to NVDA out there. You know, it might be uh, worth running your windows on Narrator now. It might, it's catching up there. Yeah, very good. And as as we were saying last week, it's kind of it's always worth people giving it a try anyway. It comes free Absolutely. with the, the windows out of the box anyway, so it just needs to be kind of utilized. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Thanks for taking us through those updates, Daniel. Yeah, uh, there are a few more. Um, there are a yeah. few more, but um, 
There's another one uh, to bring up the, the context box, so allow you to browse all the links and headings that are on a page. And that's a feature I know that's available in NVDA and JAWS as well. So to have kind of brought that across and put it into Narrator as well. Um, so that's another feature to have brought there. So you just use your Narrator key, Control and D to pop up that. Um, so to pop up that menu as well. OK. So there's a few really useful ones. Thanks very much for taking us through that. Thank no problem. That's a nice kind of update to, to last week's show. So we're going to continue on now with uh, the, the subject of this week's discussion, which is really to do with navigation apps. And uh, we're delighted to talk to a certified orientation and mobility specialist, qualified access consultant, our very own Chantal Smith. You're very welcome to the show, Chantal. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Good to have you with us. Now, you've been with NCBI since last March 2019, and you've been working as a rehab instructor at the National Training Centre in Drumcondra. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. So what does that involve? Um, so at the National uh, Training Centre in Drumcondra, I'm working primarily with working age adults, building confidence and independence in both their orientation and mobility skills and independent living skills before they move on uh, to further education and employment. Okay, very good. So broadly speaking, um, we're, we're kind of just talking um, about navigation apps today. We're kind of hoping to have a, a chat about a few different navigation uh, tools that we can use. But why is technology of use in a, in a mobility setting? What sort of things can it help a person to do? It's designed to provide additional information uh, to individuals when they're moving. So commonly um, you would see people using electronic travel aids to detect obstacles and determine a clear path of travel beyond the length of the cane. Mm. Uh, people would also be using GPS and map apps um, like Google Maps and Lazarillo to find their way. Um, and there's some also, there is also some great public transport apps available as well. Um, and they can provide uh, real-time information on services. Brilliant. So there's kind of a, a range of different technology applications when it comes to mobility. Um, I know one of the pieces of technology that's quite an exciting one, we mentioned it just in the intro there, is Soundscape. Can you tell us a little bit about what Soundscape is? Yeah, um, Microsoft Soundscape is an app that essentially delivers a map in 3D sound. Uh, so it's using innovative audio-based technology to enable people, particularly uh, those that are blind or have low vision, uh, to build a richer awareness of their surroundings so that they become more confident and empowered uh, to get around their local community. So um, it's unlike the traditional step-by-step -step navigation apps. So it's mm. using 3, 3D audio cues to enrich ambient awareness and providing um, a new way for people to relate uh, to their environment. Um, so basically, yeah. It's basically um, building a mental um, map and making, um, giving people the ability to personalise their routes or become more com comfortable, I guess, with navigating in unfamiliar spaces. Okay, that, that sounds really interesting. It might be kind of hard just to get our heads around exactly what that means, but that, that sounds really interesting. It might be good for us just to be able to um, have a listen to the sort of feedback that we get 
with Soundscape. And actually, we, we should have a, a video ready, I think, that will help us to, to do that. We've got a, a short video that will just help us to have a, an idea of the sort of feedback that we get with Soundscape. So we'll go ahead and play that if we can. Hi, we are here today to talk about the Microsoft Soundscape app, which is an application that allows uh, anyone with low vision or visual impairment to be able to have mobility and independence. And to help me do that, I have Amos Miller uh, with me uh, to really uh, give us a real demo of this application. Amos, do you want to describe Soundscape? Uh, Soundscape is really cool. Okay. Using a stereo headset, Hi. it lets a person who is blind or low vision hear where the landmarks are around them in 3D. And in this way, they can build a richer awareness of their surroundings and feel more independent and confident to explore the world beyond what they know. That's pretty cool. So it's kind of like it paints what's around you in sound. That's exactly what it does. Shall we try it out? Let's do it. Let's do All it. All right. So you have the headset yes, on. Yes, I have the headset. And you'll start by pressing around me and just listen to where the landmarks are and tell me where you're hearing them. Around you. Park 295 feet. <laughs> Microsoft Building 3495 feet. Microsoft Building Soundscape effectively takes the same map that you have running on the phone and plays it in 3D sound. Isn't that cool? That is so awesome. That's so awesome. So yeah, it just described everything around me and I was able to sort of navigate. You know, I'd get my, take my, in this case, my gaze to all of those places. And get your orientation. So I think that you need to uh, uh, make your way to building 34. Shall we do that? So shall we try with this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. With Soundscape, instead of turn-by-turn -turn instructions, we will place an audio beacon on building 34 so we can hear where it is. Got it. Okay. So, so this app knows how to rendezvous with that beacon. Exactly. So okay. we'll set the beacon. Okay. Okay, there's a button. And so should I also do the same? Yeah, do exactly the same. And yeah. on the top of the list, you'll see building 34 yeah. access ramps. And do that. Access ramp. Yeah. Beacon 285 okay. feet. Access ramp. And on your right ear, you'll start hearing a clicking sound. Oh. Can you hear that? I got it. So it doesn't give you directions, but it kind of gives you the sound impulse. So before you walk, hold yeah. on, you're walking already. <laughs> Let's turn towards the way you're hearing the beacon. Yeah. Okay, so it's completely centered, and you hear a bell sound that tells you we are pointing at building 34. Okay? Yeah. Now, of course, we can't walk. There's a road on the way. That's so, correct. So let's walk along the road and find a place to turn right. Okay. All right, let's go. Straight on. You can hear the beacon on your right as yeah. we walk along here. So I know that I'll have to, at some point, turn right. That's right. Marker, aim is on. best off. Good <laughs> It says Amos's bus stop. So that's that basically telling me the beak. This is your bus stop. This is a bus stop that I placed with Soundscape. You can place yeah. a marker on anything you care about. That's cool. So it All just right. told me that I'm right there. And it's also so it helps me personalize my mental map of the space. Right. But also gives me a cue that we are getting close to the intersection because I know. Correct. Because there. you know that this beacon yeah. was there before. So it's a landmark for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start queuing the dog to find a crossing. Service road. Never find a crossing. You might have received yeah. the and in fact, I got an announcement. Yeah. 
Okay, for the, for then we find the crossing. So you really work together with the app as well as your uh, as well as the dog in this case. Yeah. Are we safe to cross? Yes, we are. Pivot forward. And now, crossing. as the beacon straightens so up cool. right in front of us, you should be able to hear the beacon right in front, which tells us that we are walking in a straight line towards our destination. Yes. Towards yeah, it's the ramp. We are. There's a crossing to our left. Parking lot. We're now entering a parking lot. The interesting thing about a parking lot, Satya, is that you have very little to work with yeah. when you navigate. So That's the right. beacon really plays an important role to help you keep help your you orientation. Keep orientation, yeah. Yeah, this is a very effective in open open but the, areas. But the interesting thing here is this can be useful for anybody who's in a new space, even if you're fully sighted. <laughs> That's right. This is inclusive design in action. Correct. Yeah, because as you said, you know, you mm -hmm. land up in a parking lot or you land up in a campus that you yeah. don't know anything about. And Just obviously our beacon. campus, our buildings are not numbered in sequence. Yeah. Uh, very helpful. Yeah. Good boy, Trevor. And we are at the access ramp. That's right. Good boy. That's <laughs> awesome. Boy. That is really awesome. Fantastic. That Thank you so well. much, Amos. This is such a wonderful work. Where can people go get this app? There are thousands of people out there enjoying the outdoors with Soundscape every day, and it's just wonderful to see that happening. Uh, people can get the app for free on the iOS App Store in the US, in the UK, in Australia, and we're working to get it to other countries as well. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Very good. So that's uh, maybe a little bit of an idea of how the Soundscape app works. And it sounds really useful, Chantal, I have to say, as you're listening to that, you're getting really good feedback. Um, there, there was one kind of clear example that was given there of navigating to a particular space, but can, can you give us a bit more of an idea of just, when would this be useful? When would this app be useful? Uh, yeah, so th there's plenty of um, scenarios where it would be helpful. Uh, it's got so many features and benefits. Um, it can certainly be used on a case by case basis where you have a specific information need. So that might be uh, keeping track of a destination as you make your way there, helping to orient yourself when you emerge from a train station. It could mean getting your bearings when exiting a taxi or finding the street names for the next intersection. Um, but it's also designed to use be to be used anytime you're out and about um, to provide that ambient awareness of your surroundings, such as keeping uh, you're aware of the name of the streets you're on, the direction you're heading, and the name of businesses that you are passing. So when um, you've got those automatic callouts on and you're in this mode, um, service users have referred to Soundscape as a nice companion app. So it's basically just filling in the gaps in your mental map and providing more confidence when walking. Okay, so so that sounds, maybe the first part of that sort of sounds quite like GPS and map apps, but there is a bit of a difference there from what you were saying towards the end. It's kind of helping more with mental mapping. Yeah, um, so th the big difference is that um, the other GPS or map apps uh, would be using turn-by-turn -turn directions and um, Soundscape place this audible beacon in the direction of your destination. So it's empowering you make, to make your way there on your own terms. Um, so increasing your awareness of your surroundings and the location of your destination. Um, it can be designed to run in the background, 
Um, mm. So you can still use those turn by turn directional apps. Okay. Um, yeah. So you can use the two of them running together simultaneously. Yeah, you can. Um, so Soundscape is designed as an awareness app. So helping fill in the details about your environment um, that you might not have already been or otherwise been aware of. Um, but um, so what you can do is you can use Soundscape to provide complementary information. Um, and to do this, um, you can start your navigation app first and then move over to Soundscape. And by setting a beacon on the same destination as in the navigation app, um, they can both be running um, together. So you'll hear walking directions from your navigation app whilst getting updates on points of interest, intersections, and your distance to your destination from Soundscape. Very good. And, and how easy is it actually to use? Like, is there are there specific buttons for navigation? Are there specific things that take a little bit of learning with it, or is it fairly intuitive? Uh, it can be fairly intuitive, um, but there, I'd say it, there's huge value in getting some training from a mobility instructor in how to use this particular app. Uh, the home screen has um, 10 buttons that you could um, use, but there's four that are primarily used with orientation. Um, the first is the My, My Location button. So mm. it um, gives you um, information really quickly to help you figure out where you, where you are. Um, it announces current location, including things like the direction you're facing. So it's, it's basically a compass, uh, where nearby roads or intersections are and where nearby points of interest are. Okay. Um, yeah, we've got, uh, they've got, there's a couple of other buttons as well in terms of your orientation. So there's the ahead of me button. So it gives you five things that would be ahead of you and is intended to help you explore the way ahead of yourself when you're learning about a new area or to discover things uh, that are coming up on either side of the street. So sometimes um, like if you were doing training uh, with a mobility instructor for safety reasons, they might only teach you up one side of the street and you may never actually be aware that there's a really uh, good coffee shop on the other side of the street. Yeah, that sounds really useful. And you were saying there that it will read out to you five things that are ahead of you. Is that what you, is that what you were saying? Is that a set kind of number of things that were ahead of you and are they pre-programmed by the user? Um, no, so they're not pre-programmed by the user. They could, they're most likely going to be the five things that are, um, I guess, markers or businesses that are ahead of you. Um, so it might um, say that there's a coffee shop on your left and then it might say that the um, there's an inter intersection coming up in 150 metres um, and then it might mention a medical centre and a few other points of interest. Very good. That that sounds really, really practical and it, it is great when it's something that has um, the, the capacity to work along with other um, software as well, so such as your your maps or your other navigation devices. Does it have a bit of an issue when it comes to, let's say, a, a service user a user is is um, using the voiceover or the Android equivalent, for example? Is by the way, is this available on Android? Is it available only on iPhone? Yeah. So um, at at the moment, it's only available on Apple iOS. 
and it runs on iPhone 5S or later. Um, Android isn't available, unfortunately, and uh, we have um, not just myself, but lots of other mobility instructors have raised um, with Microsoft um, that it would be fantastic to have it on Android. Um, but at this point, it doesn't look likely to change in the immediate future. OK, so we're talking about the, the iPhone then in that case. So if we're talking about voiceover playing in the background, somebody's using voiceover, will there be a problem with using Soundscape and voiceover? There won't be a problem, but it can affect Soundscape's behaviour. Um, so yes, um, there'd be three things that I would mention. Um, one is voiceover tips. So when voiceover tips are turned on, you would hear more information about all the buttons on the primary soundscape screen. Um, you can turn on voiceover tips um, by navigating through your iPhone settings or turn it on, off, sorry. Um, the other two um, behaviours that might be affected because of voiceover would be audio ducking. Um, so it's designed to work with audio ducking turned off. Um, so automatic call outs can be difficult to hear if voiceover is used simultaneously. Um, again, that can be turned off in voiceover settings. Um, and the final one would be your touch ID um, to unlock. And this is particularly important uh, with mobility. Um, so setting your phone to unlock using touch ID will make unlocking the phone fast and easy um, so that you can access those navigation apps that we were talking about. So my location, around me and the ahead of me buttons. Um, so when you're on the go, um, that happens as quickly as possible. Yeah, OK, very good. And when you're on the go and as you were saying, it happens as quickly as possible, is that relying on like mobile data when you're out and about? Uh, yeah, um, you, it does use mobile um, data, um, but it depends on how you're using Soundscape. Um, so they, um, Microsoft Soundscape has designed uh, it to be used on, um, and only use a small amount of data when you are out and about doing things like saving points of interest. Um, and so you don't need to download them again every single time when you go back to a place. Um, but you can reduce the amount of mobile data it uses. Um, so being connected to Wi-Fi wherever possible, um, you can download the app in New Voices um, on Wi-Fi as well um, and when you are not using Soundscape you can force closure of the app uh, so it's not using mobile data as well. Okay so it's not kind of a majorly kind of intensive thing it, it wouldn't be a major concern for somebody if they're thinking about a limited um, mobile data package. Not at all. Uh, very good and we just noticed on the on the um, video there where we had a bit of a sense of the way that Soundscape works. There's a particular kind of headset there. Do you, do you need a particular headset to use with Soundscape or can you use headphones or what way does that work? Uh, so basically as a matter of personal preference, um, it, each op option will come with its benefits and trade-offs. Um, the only real specific requirement with Soundscape is to use a pair of stereo headphones so that you can take advantage of that 3D spatial audio callouts. Mm. Uh, as an O&M, I would be using or recommending the bone conduction headphones to enable individuals to still hear 
that really important environmental and safety information as they travel. Um, an example um, that we would uh, recommend at NCBI would be af the Aftershocks bone conduction mm. headphones. Um, Microsoft also has another option, um, which has recently been announced, and that's a partnership with Bose. Um, so um, the app's now supporting audio augmented reality headsets um, with their newly released Bose frames. And basically these um, allow you to put your phone away in your bag and enjoy a hands-free experience. Very good. Okay, so it, it, it is useful just to kind of know as well that you are able to use it with various kind of setups, but that's the, the recommendation anyway from NCBI would be to, to use the bone conductive um, head, headphones. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, the, the Bose um, frames are really cool. Um, they've got neat technology hidden inside them. And uh, I guess it's um, pretty impressive in terms of 3D audio environments. And um, But yeah, anything that's bone conducting uh, is going to do the trick and make sure someone's nice and safe if they're moving while while using the app. Brilliant, very good. That that app is uh, definitely going to be something that's of interest to people. Is that something that's available at the moment that people can actually use at the moment? Um, unfortunately, not in Ireland. We've um, and you heard a little bit from Amos at the end of that video clip. Uh, we're working really, really hard on bringing Soundscape to Ireland at the moment. Um, it's only available in the UK, US, Australia, Canada and Sweden. However, um, they are starting to roll it out in countries in the EU this summer. And uh, I'm working with the team at Microsoft Soundscape to release the app here before the end of the year. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I say fingers crossed because um, unfortunately, the trial of the app in Ireland had to be pushed out due to COVID-19. Um, and so we don't have a specific date at this time, but that might change when the lifting of restrictions occurs. Well, it's kind of good even for us to be able to have uh, a good preview of something before it's available, because it's something to, to keep an eye on then. When it is released, um, we know about it already and we can see that the benefits of it already. So that's that's really good. Just one other question in relation to Soundscape in particular, but it kind of applies to various different technology. Is is this basically all that you'd need? Does it replace a cane? Does it replace guide dogs? Does it, you know, is, is it a one-stop shop in terms of you wouldn't need anything else? No, it's um, not a one-stop shop. Um, we always need our primary mobility aid. So um, basically, our primary mobility aid is designed or, or is by design is used to identify or negate hazards, ensuring um, the safety of the user. Um, so they're offering vital protection and wayfinding information at ground level, which is what's really um, crucial. Um, and they also um, are effective in all weather conditions. Um, so you've got um, different examples of primary mobility aids. So that would be like your long cane, symbol cane, support cane and dog guide. Um, you, yeah, your, your secondary ones um, like Soundscape, what we're talking about, would be used in, in conjunction with that primary mobility aid. Um, and they absolutely, like Soundscape and all, all of the other 
um, secondary mobility aids that we're going to talk about absolutely cannot detect drop-offs. So it's um, really, really important to note that. Okay, very good. Um, you mentioned there some of the other things that we'll we'll talk about. Um, some of some of the other things as, as well will have a particular relationship to to the uh, situation we find ourselves in at the moment with COVID nineteen and things like that. Um, has there been a particular impact that you've noticed in your work uh, as to uh, the way that people move, the, the actual mobility relevance of of what's happening with at the moment? Um, specifically related maybe to sighted guide or social distancing and things like that? Yeah, um, so um, the developments of COVID-19 have highlighted a number of areas of concern for people with sight loss, uh, in particular the tactile manner um, in which they access public places and use sighted guide. They would be the, the two big things. Um, I can recommend some practical strategies to mitigate the impact of COVID uh, 19, but that they are really valuable ongoingly. Um, there's been lots of conversation um, in recent times with service users saying that these issues have always been present. Um, mm. and, and really, the risk has always been there, but it's just been exacerbated by this new threat. Um, so, people that I'd be working with in orientation and mobility um, rely on touch to move around and contact the environment to live their lives fully. Um, so that really does, like independent travel requires people to be touching handrails. It requires people touching escalators, tactile audio buttons at traffic lights, and even braille signage on doors at toilets and lifts. Yeah, so that, that presents a particular challenge then. Um, is there any way that any of the, the tech solutions that are out there can help with that? Yes, um, so You've got particular sighted guided strategies or um, there's technology um, that we can uh, mention here today as well. Um, it does rely on good independent travel skills um, as well. So I'll, I'll yeah. um, point, point that out. Um, but one fantastic option is the Be My Eyes app. Um, so that's, I think it's been mentioned before, um, but yeah. is used uh, to call a volunteer who provides support via video call. Um, so this is particularly relevant at the moment because uh, a lot of businesses have got um, new ways of moving through the entrance and they might have signage that's inaccessible as well. So you can use a volunteer via the Be My, Be My Eyes app to help you um, find out that information in real that's time. That's a brilliant application. Yeah, that's a brilliant application of that. We, we have spoken about that on the show before and it is quite a popular one, but I think it's always useful for people to hear kind of another application of an app that they might already be using. So that's a really useful way to to use that particular app. A any other tech technology kind of fixes or not necessarily fixes, but things just to, to help somebody in the current situation? Yeah, there's, there's probably two other things I'd mention. Um, one was that uh, for Android users that popped up on my radar last week, is the SODAR app, so that's S-O-D-A-R, and it creates an augmented reality two metre radius ring around you, um, and it works in a similar way to your electronic travel aids. Um, so, so you're able to maintain that social distance because you're getting the feedback about how close someone is to you. Um, and 
if people do have access to their own electron electronic travel aids already, they might be able to try uh, adjusting the distance settings so they're aw aware when a solid object such as a person moves into their space. So uh, for people that are advanced users of electronic travel aids, uh, that they're particularly helpful for managing queues. So if you're waiting in line for coffee, um, you're, you're able to maintain that two metres as people moves, move forward or when you reach the counter, you're able to make sure you don't get too close to the customer service person. Really useful, yeah, very good. And and uh, you mentioned before, was it SODAR, S-O-D-A-R? Yes. Yeah, very good, because there'll be people wanting to maybe take a note of some of the things that are being mentioned there. That's really good. Yeah. Um, now, I think we might have had one or two um, comments or questions yeah. come in. Daniel, if we if we one or we, two. We do. Our Q&A panel has um, has been a little bit active. Uh, Chantal, thanks very much for uh, everything you've gone through so far. It's very, very informative. And um, just one or two questions here. First of all, um, with a user who has wrote in that they're almost totally blind and but they do have a restrictive balance and they use a walker that they pull from behind. So how would uh, Soundscape perhaps work for somebody in that situation? Um, good question. Um, you would still, you, ca you can use Soundscape um, and not hold on to it. So um, it, when you're finding out points of interest, it does help to hold the the phone um, in your hand with the screen up um, mm. so that the compass can work effectively. But um, it is also designed so that you can put it away and have that hands-free experience. Uh, so people can concentrate on their primary mobility aids um, and get around their, um, how they normally, yeah. what they normally would. Um, because we don't want to be, it comes back to that whole primary mobility aid and secondary mobility aids only like complementing what you're already doing. Yeah, so I suppose the takeaway point is that the app is um, can be used hands free, which, um, you know, it, it's not going to be very intrusive on your on your journey, I guess. Yeah, as long as someone has the cognitive ability to be able to process the information about what's going on in their environment and take on board that extra information from the app, uh, there shouldn't be a problem. And that's why um, we do recommend when someone um, is starting to use an app like Soundscape that they do get in contact with a mobility instructor just to make sure that they are confident and it's not gonna result in falls or um, have them concentrating on something um, that's not relevant to their safety. Very good. Very good. Final question. Um, you mentioned about Bose earphones there a few moments ago and just somebody inquiring roughly how much would it cost? A guide price. For, sorry, Soundscape? Uh, no, for the head earphones, the Bose earphones. Oh, good question. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Microsoft Soundscape has given um, us a pair to trial. I think yeah. they were... Um, maybe just shy of 200 okay. euro but i, I think that'd be a rough guide I price but... that for next week's review that's not a problem 
yeah so it's it's uh, we might yeah we might touch on that next week um uh, every week when we uh, start our show we actually now reflect back on the previous week's um covering so maybe we, we might get an answer for there um i think that's everything in in the lines of questions there at the moment i don't see anything coming in on our labs at ncbi.ie there at the moment so uh back to you jude very good thank you very much daniel so Chantal, that's been brilliant just to talk about those few things maybe just as a kind of a final comment on it what what would your kind of takeaway message be if if somebody is maybe struggling with mobility at the moment obviously we're talking about um tech at the moment and maybe some people might be very into tech they're quite happy to try something new maybe somebody isn't very much into technology and and new kind of devices what would your kind of takeaway point be in terms of the benefit that you can get from some of these devices um well look the, all of these devices are very very helpful with um mobility and they're going to give you a whole heap of extra information that helps you be more um, graceful in your movement, uh, more independent and just give you that general confidence to get out and about at a very difficult time. Um, I would say that um, if you're interested in mo in technology, even if you're not particularly confident with it, to get in touch with your mobility instructor locally um, because they're going to be able to give you the support and strategies to be able to use technology like Soundscape um, really effectively. And um, yeah, I guess the other point would be is that um, now would be the right time as well to get in touch with your mobility instructors just for uh, refresher cane training as well, because people have been uh, not getting out as much as they previously had because of COVID-19. Yeah, very good. Um, that's an important reminder. Um, so the uh, mobility officers are always happy to to help, and uh, of course the NCBI labs can always help out in in terms of any technical difficulties that people have as well. So really appreciate you coming in to talk to us about the uh, different technology that that is helpful for both mobility and navigation. Chantal, we appreciate you uh, sharing that information with us. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So we uh, just want to mention as well that if you do have any other questions, um, Chantel won't be with us for the, the remainder of the show, but we'll be quite happy to find an answer for you for the uh, the uh, review that we have next week. So we'll make sure that we do get an answer to you. If you do have any further questions, uh, please do keep them coming in at uh, labs at ncbi.ie or you can use the question panel there. So appreciate that. That was really informative, really enjoyable part to to uh, learn about some of those pieces of technology. But we're changing direction a bit now and we're going to uh, have a think about the uh, seeing it your way section that we regularly do. It's one of the popular sections of uh, our live events to just hear a little bit about how people use technology in their everyday life the everyday applications if you like and we're delighted to be able to uh, welcome or welcome back I should say uh, Stuart Lawler who a lot of people will have uh, known from his many years of association with NCBI. Great to have you with us Stuart. 
And just for Stuart there, um, while while uh, we we're talking to Chantel, Stuart was muted and he can unmute by going star six on his keypad. So hopefully Stuart can get to. So if. Uh... Let's give him a moment there. So it's star six on the keypad um, on on mute. He's on um, he's on a phone line with us today. So hopefully that will. Um, Stuart on there in a second. Just having a little bit of difficulty there. We might uh, come back to that in a moment. Just to remind everyone while we're uh, just waiting for the connection there. Um, just that if you want to be a part of the NCBI live events, if you'd like to uh, talk about your own experience with technology, uh, please do get in touch with us because we love to hear from everybody's um, from from everybody who's who's listening in just exactly what your own experience of it is. It can be very enlightening to to ourselves as well as to to others to be able to hear the different ways that you use technology in your own life. So please do get in touch labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to be a part of uh, one of our interviews or seeing it your way interviews. And if you would like to hear about a particular subject being covered on our live events, well, you can also let us know uh, by means of our question and answer panel or by means of an email to labs at ncbi.ie. We've tried to cover obviously over the last, uh, this is our 11th event now, we've tried to give people a really good idea of the kind of basics of a number of different subjects and to cover a broad uh, cross section of different technologies that are out there, different software, phones, laptops, what you need to know about buying laptops, for example, and these interviews as well. Um, but please do let us know if there's a particular subject you'd like us to cover and uh, we can certainly take that into account for future shows as well and try and uh, address that in some way. Just about the NCBI technology newsletter, um, maybe we could uh, alert people yeah, to that. Yeah, please, if you'd, if you'd like to mention that. Yeah, perfect. Um, so yeah, there's an NCBI technology newsletter that goes out and that you can subscribe to. Um, there's various uh, topics covered every week. Um, uh, Joel Lonergan, who was actually on some of our live events here recently, uh, he's he's involved with that as well. Um, so definitely uh, want, want to subscribe too. Yeah, uh, very good. So that would be great if, if uh, people want to get notification as well of our, our live events each week, just a reminder of the subjects. So that's perfect, yeah. People want to subscribe to that. Very good. So just give us a moment here. Hopefully we'll yeah. come back. Okay. So we just have, um, we had a, a question here that's actually just a little bit of a review of a previous week's one. Could I ask you to recap what's a good spec for a laptop? Um, somebody here who uses box for audiobooks mainly. What sort mm -hmm. of specs they might need to to use? What would you What would you think, Daniel? 
Well, the barrel box is is uh, Android and I, uh, iOS at the moment. So uh, um, they, they, I don't think they have developed their app yet for Windows mm. 10. Um, now they could have have it out recently, um, but I just haven't been aware that it's out on Windows 10 yet. That's the case, um, yeah. yeah, so. Uh, you're probably looking for laptop. Um, you're looking at the likes of you're looking at the likes of bookshares or something like that. You know, yeah. uh, and you know, for listening back to audiobooks or just reading, um, reading ebooks, it doesn't have to be overly powerful. Um, you know, so some some of the entry level laptops should, should um, entry to mid level laptops should be plenty plenty there. Yeah, okay, so that's ideal then if people want to use yeah. audio. I think we're going to play a different um, interview here. We're, we have an interview with um, Stephen Costigan. Very good. Okay, so we, we've been talking to Stephen Costigan recently. Apologies for those of you who are looking forward to hearing from, from uh, Stuart. We're having difficulties there. Hopefully we'll be able to maybe get him back for a, a future event. And uh, apologies there to Stuart as well with the technical difficulties here. Um, yeah. But uh, we do have another interview lined up, so hopefully we can uh, get to play this interview with Stephen Costigan. So I'm going to introduce Stephen Costigan, who's joining us today for our Seeing It Your Way piece. Now, Stephen, maybe you could just start us off by just giving us a little bit of your your story, your background, if you like. Yeah, um, I am a diabetic and I lost my sight to be fully now about three and a half years ago. Um, so five years ago, uh, I had started noticing a rapid deterioration in my eyesight. I had only had my annual screening and everything was fine prior to that. And then um, in the January of 2016, um, my sight started going. I had emergency surgery and then ended up blind, where I could only um, make out the likes of shadows and stuff. So I went through a number of other procedures and that to try and help me save the, the sight that I had, or even to try and improve it a little bit. But unfortunately, nothing happened from that. Mm. Then in August of last year, um, what they had said was going to be my good eye ended up completely dying, so I had to have that removed. And uh, my right eye now is which I'm left with. I have to have procedures on every four to six weeks. And the idea behind that is to try and save what is there. Now, I can't see anything at all. I just make out darkness and uh, bright. So um, that's all I have at the minute. So it was a bit of a culture shock. My job um, involved me uh, traveling all over the world. So I went from um, being able to literally do anything really uh, to losing my sight. So initially what I did was I said, I'm going to take the bull by the horns and plod forward, which I did for about five months. And then all of a sudden, one of the days I went to go out because like I had been doing my training, I had been going out on my own to the shops going over to my local life and then I went to walk outside the door one of the days and it was like there was a brick wall in front of me I couldn't put my foot outside and I started having 
panic attacks the whole last few names. Um, mm. I've been trying to, to get back out with not an awful lot of success. Um, I still suffer an awful lot of anxiety and panic attacks and there are times when I go to walk out the door and I, I just I physically can't. And yeah. if I have to go to say an appointment or something like that the night before, I get very little sleep because I'm very anxious of the fact of leaving the house. So where that came from, I don't know because initially, as I said, I was flying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Flying everywhere and anywhere, but since then it's just been uh, a nightmare. Um, but. I keep myself occupied. Um, luckily for myself, um, I've always been a bit of a tech geek, uh, yeah. to say it lightly. Um, <laughs> so for me, technology, um, I embrace this to try and help me out with my normal daily life and sort of looking forward to see what way it could help me in the future. So what sort of things did you start looking into? What were the first sort of steps? Um, you were saying you're a techie normally, um, but what were the first things that you were looking at in relation to your vision then? Um, in relation to the vision, I was looking at, say, uh, for the likes of getting to the shops to make sure that I was taking the right directions, mm. um, planning routes in advance, um, and then in the home itself, like I'd be a very um, independent person and mm. I would get annoyed with myself for the likes of not being able to read the post and that. So I start looking into applications for to help out with the likes of that, like simple little things. Um, I even, my my dog that I have here, like trying to tour now, she goes and brings me the post and everything she does. So <laughs> she's, very, she's very good that way she is. Um, yeah. And then, but the likes of that way with normal daily living stuff to try and help out. Yeah. So you were saying about um, the likes of get to get into shops and finding your way around. Was there a particular piece of technology you used to help you doing that? Yeah, well, there's a, a good few apps out there to try and help you. So I do try and test them out as much as possible. There's one uh, called Lazarillo and then using the Google Maps as well is quite good. Once you uh, activate the, the fact that you're going to be walking so little things like that. And did you find that that kind of helped you in the, I suppose, the acceptance process in a way that that, that kind of gave you something to focus on and that was helping you to move forward and kind of, I don't like using the words get used to division loss, but to be able to adapt. Being able to adapt was a very big thing. Um, and as I said, luckily for myself, uh, I'm very big into technology. Uh, it's not my working background, but it's just a hobby that I've always had. And um, yeah. like I, I do uh, beta testing for the Google Accessibility app and the same for the Microsoft access Accessibility features. Um, so it's just something to keep me occupied and then to try and iron out any potential problems that will be in the upcoming releases of the likes of the Google applications or Microsoft updates in regards to accessibility. Yeah, so very good. Going during the day and that. Yeah, and that's, that's actually really good that you're kind of being able to have a, a role in the feedback and kind of development of those things as well. That's that's very useful. What tech would you say has made the biggest impact on your life? 
Um, well, it'd be a combination because I use my uh, mobile phone and my laptop quite a lot and my TV. So it would be a combination of the three. Uh, the TV would be down to um, I've been able to uh, activate the accessibility function within the TV. So it means it talks back to me as I'm navigating through it. And then it has uh, some of the, the built-in apps, the likes of Netflix, uh, the Disney Plus, Amazon, Prime Video, all that sort of stuff. And my phone with all the applications that I have to help me through the normal daily routines. And then my laptop for keeping a touch. On the laptop now I use uh, the Microsoft Narrator and I use NVDA, which is very, very good. I did try out Jaws. I wasn't overly happy with it. Now, that was a few years ago, and I believe that there's been a good few changes, but I still prefer the NVDA. Yeah. You were saying you use both Narrator and NVDA. Yeah, I can quickly switch between both. Uh, some uh, will have better features than others. Just to give an example, what would you use Narrator for instead of NVDA or NVDA for instead of Narrator? Um, websites. Some websites aren't great in the way they've been designed from an accessibility perspective. Uh, so NVDA sometimes works better on certain websites than what narrator does and vice versa. Okay. Okay. So you'd find some websites actually narrator does a better job sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very I know good. Microsoft have been putting an awful lot of time and resource into it. I've actually I got a call from them um because I, I highlighted an issue uh, there a few months ago. Uh, yeah. What was happening was um, I, because of the way the, the brightness coats my eyes, I wear glasses when I'm out. So the brightness from the screen I have turned down using the high contrast. Yeah. And one of the days I was completing the form and uh, I kept on typing away because, as I said, I'm fairly proactive or prolific on the keyboard. And um, when I got to the end, there was nothing there. <laughs> the web page had closed down. So uh, I reopened it and the same happened again. So I put it through to Microsoft a couple of times and I ended up, I got a phone call from them uh, after receiving an email from them. Um, and I was going through one of their texts. And we were at it for a good hour, hour and a half. And he couldn't find out what was going on. So I said, okay, I appreciate your time and help. And the fact that you actually did call about the issue. So I spent a bit more time on yeah. it myself and found out that it's a problem with Microsoft Edge and the accessibility features. When you have by contrast turned on, it's causing a crash, which caused uh, Microsoft Edge to crash. So yeah. uh, I reported that back to them and lo and behold, it was fixed in the update from Microsoft, so I was delighted, <laughs> but I'm, yeah. I'm a data tester for them and the issue has reappeared <laughs> there last week, so uh, it's one of those things where you get a knock-on effect for it, but the fact that there is help and resources out there from the likes of the large corporations like Microsoft is very reassuring, um, especially in the field of accessibility. There's an yes. awful lot more time and effort being put into it and resources and Google as well. Well, sometimes Google will take 
a step forward, then they'll take two steps back in another part of the accessibility feature. So there's pros and cons with both sides. So just a, a moment ago, Stephen, you, you mentioned your day-to-day -day routine and the different technologies that help you to get through the day-to-day -day routine. Can you just kind of describe for us what your routine would involve and where technology comes into that? Well, so normally you get up and then the first thing you want to do is have a cup of coffee. Uh, so I have a, a normal standard kettle like anybody else would, but I have a... It's a little device that I got actually from the council joint shop. You hang off the side of the cup yeah. and it beeps when the water level is at a correct height for you. So that's one piece of tech there that's it's minor, but it's yeah. very, very useful in the, the normal start of your day. Mm. Um, then for like the breakfast, I have a normal toaster, but I use the bumpers um, and uh, they're on the dial so I know what the temperature is going to get you for making the toast. Uh, same as my microwave, I've got that set with a, a bumper for um, being able to microwave stuff. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm a diabetic, and one of the biggest problems I had initially was uh, doing finger pricks to check my blood sugar levels. And yes, sometimes yeah. it'd be like, a massacre <laughs> <It was good laughs> everywhere for me trying to do it. So what I've got now is I have a sensor that's yeah. in my arm. Um, I have to change every two weeks, but it's linked to an app on my phone and it uses uh, the phone and the sensor together that I can um, get my readings from. Brilliant. So it's really good. So that has actually helped me uh, with the control of my diabetes which has been right. a huge, huge help. So it means yeah. no more, more finger freaks, no more messy blood. So that'd be a huge part. Yeah. Um, and then the, the phone or the laptop then for um, checking emails. And then for the post, I use um, an app called Envision AI. Uh, I was one of the, the beta testers when that came out yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And um, it's now available on the App Store, uh, the Google App Store, that is. Uh, yeah. Just to note as well, I'm an Android user through and through. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the, the app itself last year uh, was costing €48 Euro for the year. Now, to mm. me, for what it was giving me throughout the year, that was nothing. But now, because they've had more subscribers, they've dropped the price dramatically. It's only $19.99 a month now for the whole year. And yeah. for what I'm getting out of it, it's nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's just absolutely fantastic that way. So it means now I've got uh, the function to be able to, to read my mail and respond to them. Um, and then, as I said, dinner time, uh, I use a uh, fresh dinners that I microwave, so they're handy enough. Um, and then during the day, I'll listen to the TV or music, uh, use the likes of Netflix, the Amazon Prime Video. That would be my um, my sort of daily routine. I don't really go out that often. Um, my mum comes across every two weeks and she, because of the COVID-19 and I'm doing and she'll do my shop for me and drop it off. Uh, but before this all hit, I used to go with her every week and it'd get me out for an hour or two. 
uh, down to the shops. Mm. Um, it's it's very very handy getting out that way. Like and again, navigation. Um, if I need to get anywhere, I just turn on the app and I'll tell my mum where I need to go. And if she's unsure, the Google Maps can uh, navigate her through to that to the place where we're going. Very good. I have to come back to something because you said a moment ago you're an Android user through and through. Yeah, even what, what is it that makes you use Android? Um, Android. Uh, going back to before I lost my sight, uh, as I said, I'm a geek, uh, and I used to do uh, websites as a part-time thing as well. And uh, I developed a couple of apps. I used to be um, in a dark league. And to sort of bring them forward uh, for the likes of the monthly or weekly results, um, I developed an app for it. And when I developed the app and went through all the stages of compiling and making sure it was working okay, I then moved to the iOS side of it. And Apple wanted to charge me a couple of hundred euro as a developer for them to approve the app for that. So um, now I will say Apple are fantastic in regards to the likes of uh, if you're doing design and that, um, yes, yeah. they're second to none on that. But from an Android perspective, you're getting an awful lot more out of the Android with the free source license and development of apps, the approval of the apps um, and what you can actually do on the, the phones as well is I find much, much better. It's uh, it's interesting just to hear somebody who's kind of died in the world of Android because we, we do often hear from people who are very much committed to the a Apple kind of ecosystem. So it's good to hear the other the other side of it as well. Um, when you talk about apps and things like that, you've mentioned Google Maps um, and yeah. another navigation one you mentioned earlier, I think. Um, are there any other apps that you find particularly helpful? You said Envision um, is one. Yeah, Envision AI is a very good app. I've been using that now for, as I said, a few years. Um, mm. And that's that's very helpful in regards to the likes of documents. Um, letters, it's very, very good with. Um, it also can do handwriting. Um, yeah. You can teach it as well for the likes of uh, face recognition. Uh, is another part on it. Um, it'll take colours, describe colours for you. Yeah. Um, then there's another app I have called uh, Tap Tap C, which is a, a free app, and that's very good with describing the likes of clothes. Um, so when I need to pick out clothes, it'll tell me what it is. Say it's a polo shirt, and the colour is red. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's really really good that way. Um, then Super Sense is a new one that I'm actually testing out at the moment. It's a free app. And it is really, really good. Um, there's a few things on it. Say if you need to, if you were in an unfamiliar place, like a, a, an office building, and you yeah. needed to find a door, um, you can set it to locate a door. And you hold your phone up and it'll beep, and you move it around. And when it locates the door, it'll like go like uh, like a metal detector beep 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 beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so that's direction like that and there's an awful lot of others like I even checked it for like a coffee cup sitting on the table and I put it in for it to find a coffee cup and I moved around my room and gradually got near the cup and it just beep 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 beep, beep. 
Yeah, uh, excellent. So, uh, again, that's, that's another very good one. The likes of finding stairways as well with it. Uh, and also those OCR where I'll take an image and it's very, very quick, like the Envision AI. Now, as I said, I'm only testing it out at the moment to see what it's like, but it is quick and it's very accurate. And again, and what did you say that one is called? Uh, SuperSense. Very good. SuperSense. Okay. So that's that's um, one that maybe people want to check out as well. That sounds good. Um, how would you describe? I know you said earlier that like it's been a bit of a process for you, and it's in some ways it's not that long ago that you started losing your sight, and in some ways it's probably feels so much longer than just a, a, a few years but you've got to a point where you're kind of managing but you were still you were saying it's kind of still a bit of a process so do you feel like technology has really made a big difference to you do you feel like it's just kind of helping you to manage or these kind of pieces uh, to be honest with you, I think I would be lost without it. Um, I've been quite lucky, uh, and I use that word lightly because of the fact of the site loss, uh, but I've been quite lucky with the technology that is there because it has made it a lot easier. Um, like I'm, I'm down now to trying to make my, my area where I live uh, fully voice activated. I've got a, a good bit of it done now at the moment myself. Um, so it's going to make my life an awful lot easier with the technology. Yeah, and um, if you were kind of talking to somebody who's maybe listening to this and hasn't really got into technology too much so far, but they're interested in making a bit of a start with technology, they've maybe recently come to terms with sight loss. Is there any advice that you would give them? Yeah, try and embrace it. Now, again, if it's something that they're only getting into, take it with baby steps because there is an awful lot out there to help you. Um, you will have people throwing lots and lots at you and it will be like, oh my God, how am I going to cope with this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you take it baby steps and if they say, make a list down, right, what's important to me? What would I find helpful? Just starting off, like first, something simple, reading a letter. Mm. Um, there is simple things out there that is available. Again, um, if you have a smartphone, excellent. Uh, I would advise to go with a smartphone, Android preferably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even uh, even the Android lovers get uh, hearing it on the show here. We let everybody say their opinion here. <laughs> But thanks very much for sharing your experience with us. We appreciate that and we're sure that that'll be something that's helpful to, to many people as they're listening and maybe starting on their own journey as well using technology. So thanks very much for talking yeah. to us, Stephen. Appreciate that and we'll catch up with you again. So uh, thanks again to Stephen Costigan for that interview. You really bailed us out there. So. Uh, just a reminder that if you want to access support from NCBI Labs, despite the appearances today with the technology problems, we can we can help you out. We can help you out if you want to contact the uh, helpline 1850 92 30 60 is the uh, phone number and you can uh, contact us from 9 to 5 Monday to Friday or you can email labs at ncbi.ie 
or if you want to uh, contact uh, NCBI services, if you want to avail of wider NCBI services, you can call 1850 334353 or you can email info at ncbi.ie. And just to add, um, Jude, just earlier, I was mentioning about our uh, mailing list that I really encourage our viewers to sign up for. And to join that, you can go to ncbi.ie forward slash mailing hyphen list. So that's ncbi.ie forward slash mailing hyphen list. Excellent. That'd be a really good way as well for people to to get a few extra tips each week uh, on in written form as well so that you can refer back to them, but also to get a, a bit of a preview for each live event and to get the link to the live event as well. So yeah, thanks for that reminder as well, Daniel. And just a reminder too that if you want to donate to NCBI, you can visit donate.ncbi.ie or you can sponsor one of our live events by emailing labs at ncbi.ie. Now, uh, just before we go, we'll give you a bit of a preview of what we're going to be covering next week. As we mentioned earlier, we're going to be looking at a particular mobile phone. If you like phones, that still have physical buttons that aren't just the touch screen. Well, you'll want to tune in next week because the Cat B35 mobile phone is a particularly good one. If you if you like those physical buttons, but you still want to get the most out of the phone from an accessibility point of view, well, we'll have a look at some of the features of the Cat B35 phone. It's not, not the easiest to get hold of, as we mentioned earlier, but it can be done and uh, we'll see what uh, makes it of particular interest and we're also going to look at accessible gaming so if you're if you're a gamer if you have a gamer in the family uh, that's uh, certainly going to be a, a subject of interest to them what sort of accessible games are there out there well we're going to look into that as well and hopefully we might get a chance to talk to uh, Stuart Lawler uh, either next week or the following week as well and uh, we'll be able to catch up with him properly. So all that's left for me to do is to thank uh, Chantelle Smith, thank Stuart for trying to tune in with us today and we're looking forward to talking to you another time and thanks to, to Daniel Dunn as well for being available this week and of course to everyone no, listening no. in as well and we look forward to having you all back with us next week for another NCBI Labs live event. Thank you, goodbye.